y'all, and welcome to Over 40 with the Shorty, the podcast. This is T.L. Brown, founder and head mom in charge at Over 40 with the Shorty. And I'm so happy to be back in stride with all of you this week, back in the seat, back behind the microphone, getting ready to dig into this episode. Welcome to episode four. So guys, in the last episode, you might remember that we talked all about the importance of self-care and just making sure that you guys took the time out to take care of you. Being able to take care of yourself and, and examining whether or not you're doing that properly will help you be able to take care of your shorties better, making sure that you're able to take care of those that you love, your family members, your friends better. Um, but you can't do that without taking care of yourself first. So I hope that you guys got a lot out of that episode. I have heard from many of you that it has helped you, that it helped you identify some gaps that you may have in your present self-care routines. Um, and then the fact too, like me, I learned a whole lot about the other areas that I might need to start applying to my own routines. So thank you guys for that feedback. Keep it coming. I do appreciate it. In this episode, however, we're going to talk about just some of the challenges that mamas in their 40s face. Um, everything from physical you know, body changes to uncertainties of, am I doing this mommy and thing right? To dare I say, maybe some fears that you may have from time to time. Um, and then one of the other things that I have noticed in particular is that apparently while I was in the delivery room, God gave me an unlimited bucket of patience. And I've been able to apply that patience and I've been able to show myself and my family members and especially my shorty that patience that I don't think I've always had. And so I'm now recognizing and ever so thankful to have it. But we'll talk about that more into the episode. Um, you know, and I just wanted to bring light to some of these changes because I'm sure some of you guys might think maybe it's me. Maybe I'm crazy. Am I really experiencing all of this stuff that's happening in my body since delivering my shorty? Um, no, it's not just you. I've noticed it too. And we're going to talk about it, but you know what? We're going to talk about it and I'm allow you guys to get it off your chest after I share the episode, but I'm getting it off my chest now, but I'm not going to allow us to just wallow in it. Yes, these things are happening. Yes, your bodies are getting older. Yes, you're aging, but let's embrace it, y'all. I'm going to figure out how to embrace it. I'm going to hopefully share some ways for you guys to, to accept what's happening and be good with it. So you know what? Without further ado, let's buckle up. Let's get started. Again, welcome and welcome and welcome for joining me on the episode four of Over 40 with the Shorty. Let's get started. All right, these changes, these changes, y'all. You know what? They're actually changes, they're challenges, but I think throughout the duration of this discussion that we'll have, let's call them opportunities. And I know I'm going to slip back and forth and say them as challenges in one moment and call them opportunities in the next, but I am trying to um, intentionally focus on how I refer to them. But let's, let's just cut to the chase and get back to where I first started noticing some of these changes. And y'all, truthfully, I noticed these changes during my very first OB appointment um, with my doctor and, and the wonderful staff that they had always been prior to me even having um, the notification that I was going to be having a shorty of my own. Um, and so I'm in there and I'm looking at the charts and I'm listening to how they're talking and they're talking to one another. And I overhear them refer to me as a mom of advanced maternal age. Yes, yes, that's what they call us, uh, a mama of advanced maternal age. And y'all, that's not nice. 
It's not necessary to be called that. We're already dealing with a whole bunch of things emotionally. Um, And so to be called a mom of advanced maternal age is somewhat concerning. And you know what? I I just was appalled um, at being coined and labeled that. But you know what? By definition, it's true. Um, Technically, a mama who is, I believe it starts at 37, 38 years of age on forward um, is looked upon as someone who uh, could be in and experiencing a high-risk pregnancy. And so, yes, while by definition that's what they call us, it certainly doesn't make you feel good, and it certainly is not warm and fuzzy, not even a little bit. And so, yeah, I had to come to terms with that, and I had to come to terms with the fact that they were going to refer to me um, as a mom of advanced maternal age throughout my entire pregnancy, y'all. And it was just something that, you know what, eventually I got used to, but it just still never felt good. And I don't know, maybe they can find something else to to call you as they refer to you and as they talk to one another. But yes, I certainly heard that. And it certainly was, I believe, the beginning of me just feeling like, hmm, there's something different about me becoming a mama, becoming a mama who is already into her 40s. But you know what? It was just something that I had to get used to. And if you're going through this right now, and if you've heard them already referred to you as a mom of advanced maternal age, I'm encouraging you guys to just go ahead and embrace it and be grateful that you're in this stage in your life and that you're in this stage of beginning your pregnancy. And you know what? Wear it like a badge of honor and always remember that, you know what? There is somebody else who would love to be in your shoes. There is always somebody who is worse off than you, somebody who's wishing they could be experiencing what you're going through. So when you look at it through that lens, yeah, that'll help you be grateful. Mm-hmm. I know that one got good to you because it got good to me as I was thinking about, you know, what I wanted to include in this episode. And I thought that song in particular was befitting to uh, include in what we've been discussing. And just a reminder to, yes, be grateful. That is the song that you just heard a snippet of. It is by Walter Hawkins and considered by many um, to be one of the greatest gospel songs ever written. And so if you're not familiar with it, please go to any streaming service, you guys, and take a listen to it. Um, I told you early on that music is and a great part of who I am and what I talk about. And I can always find a song or a lyric that fits a topic or is befitting of a conversation. And so that was an example of me doing just that. But yeah, so we were talking about just some of the early changes that, you know, you've noticed, especially in how people refer to you. Um, And as I was researching for this episode, I read a headline that was, kind of interesting. And I mean, it was very, very pointed and very true. And it was just the fact that real changes happen in women's bodies at the age of 40. And I was like, "Ah, you know what, I can kind of get down with that because it's true. Um, I think now that my shorty is approaching the five-year mark, good grief, I can say that, you know, some of the changes that I've been experiencing and that have been incurring or that I've been incurring have happened, yes, because I am now a mama. But others of those changes that are happening, 
I'm not quite sure that just being a mama is what makes them happen and what brings them on. I think some of these changes that, you know, I'm experiencing, and I'm sure many of you are as well, are just a part of being a lady who's in her 40s and who has, a you know, a, a few changes that are happening within. And so my mom keeps telling me, you know what, the, the 40s are the opportunity for you to wrangle in any of that stuff that's trying to get out of control and to, you know what, make sure that you are tackling it and handling it so that it does not continue to be problematic throughout the duration of your life. And so, you know what, I hear her say that and and I, you know, joke with her about the slight aches and the creaks and the kinks that I have in my shoulder and my neck at times. And she and my dad both are just finding all of this quite funny. And they're telling me on a regular basis, girl, just keep living. And I don't know about you guys, but as I was younger, I didn't quite know what keep living meant. But now, man, I tell you, I am certainly understanding why they find it funny. And I'm truly understanding what keep living means. And so, yes, I am experiencing things that I didn't experience at my 20s and those kinks and creaks and, you know, those little aches and pains that you have that are happening. Yeah, they are a real thing. And yeah, you know what? It does come along with the territory. So I'm going to tell you guys, y'all keep living, but certainly we're going to find ways to embrace it and try and stop some of the things that are within our control so that we can continue, you know, enjoying these 40s. Um, And then, enjoying our 50s and beyond. So um, the other thing that I will say that you guys may or may not be experiencing like me is the fact that I am having some stubborn acne issues. I believe it or not, am experiencing midlife acne. And it's shocking to me because in my in my earlier years, in my 20s, in my 30s, in my teen years even, I never had an issue with skin. I've never had, you know, the the whole acne and the breakout and all of those changes that a lot of us, you know, go through. And so for me, this is foreign territory. Um, it just seems like my skin is angry. And I know you guys are probably laughing, but my skin is truly unhappy with me. And, and so I am trying my best to figure out what's going on. I am trying to figure out how to handle these flare-ups when they've happened. I don't know, they come in like patches and and it's just like a, a group of bumps that travel in packs and some of them come up at the same time and others of them and other times when they occur, they happen one after the other. I, and I'm not using anything. My skincare regimen hasn't changed, but my skin certainly has. And so I'm really and truly trying to figure out what do I do to get ahead of this stuff so that I can try and stop these, you know, flare ups and breakups of, of acne on my skin. And it is not easy. And it's actually a little bit unnerving because, again, I this is new to me. I hadn't gone through it before. So God bless y'all that have dealt with it. And whew. Certainly, Lord, continue to help me figure out the right way to deal with it, too, because it is certainly something that will bring you just such irritation to your skin. And just I don't know. I just want to figure out how to get to the bottom of it. So if you guys have skin regimen routines um, that have helped you in these middle 40s, please share them with me. I will be glad to take all advice and any tips that you can give me. Um, You know, another skin issue that I've been having in all candor, y'all, is I've I've had a flare-up of eczema. And again, I am seemingly waiting to my mid-40s to have bouts of skin issues, but eczema is my other skin issue. And I've had eczema on my shins now for at least, I don't know, maybe the last two or three years. And 
it's on my shins, my calves. Like what in the world? I, I never would have imagined that this would be an issue for me. And especially, you know what, on my legs now, and I know that's a little bit vain, but my legs have always been one of my assets that I've liked. I've always liked my legs and I've always been kind of proud of them. And growing up, my mom and her sisters would always tell me, you know what, Y'all be careful trying not to get skin marks and skinned up knees and marks on your legs and make sure that they stay smooth because you'll thank us for it as you get older and your legs are, you know, in, in pretty good shape. And so I've always just carried that to heart. I've always kept that in mind. And, you know, as a child and as a young adult, I was very mindful to not get scars and scratches on my legs. But now here I am at the age that I am, and I have an eczema patch on my right leg as well as on my left leg that is causing me issue and it's causing scarring and it's causing some unevenness on my beloved legs. And so, yes, I'm trying to figure out what's happening with that. And I'm trying to figure out what to do and what not to do. And I have even had to make an appointment with the dermatologist who took one look at my legs and said, hmm, you look like you are battling from numular dermatitis. And so, you know, if you're, you're getting to know me, I'm thinking, okay, what does that mean? Is it serious? And so basically it is just the formal name for your common type of eczema. And so she prescribed, you know, a topical treatment for me that I was putting on my legs on a regular basis. And she sent me on my merry way. And, you know, here I am thinking, okay, I'm going to go through this regimen. I'm going to go through this routine and use all of this treatment. And then it's going to be gone. But mm -mm, no, mm -mm. this eczema is here to stay. And it's it's something that comes, comes and goes as it pleases. And so I have had to make way, I've had to make room in my life for how to deal with eczema on my legs. So yes, once again, there's another issue with my skin. Um, so yeah, acne and eczema, but y'all, that ain't it. There's, there's more. Hang on a second. I'll be right back. So yeah, I uh, I just told you about my skin woes, but you know what? It doesn't just stop at skin woes, y'all. There are also things that are happening, um, whether it's like fluctuation in hormones or whether it's just like the changes that, that are occurring as it relates to bone density and lean muscle mass and I don't know, just mood changes. Yeah, all of that stuff goes without mention, um, but there's there's another part of my my body that that has not wanted to cooperate um, the way that I would like for it to cooperate in these 40s. And that's these eyes. These unseeing eyes of mine are, um, yeah, another area that is causing me a little bit of a issue, a little, little difficult to accept. Um, and you know what? I can think back to a time when I was 42 and I had perfect vision. And I had 20-20 vision, as a matter of fact. And I remember those days really well. Feels like yesterday. But once my shorty arrived and, you know, he had been here a little while and I've reached maybe, I don't know, maybe a year and a half, 43, 43 and a half years of age or so, I, I started feeling like there was something in my eye. And I started feeling like, good grief, I can't quite get my eyes clean. And I would rub them all the time and they would be irritated a little bit. And, and my vision would be a little bit hazy. And, you know, I'm just chalking it up to, ah, you know what, it's just, I need to maybe use some eye drops or, or something that's going to just help clear things up and, and make things a little less fuzzy. So, you know, y'all, after I had been doing this for quite some time and 
still not getting any better and, and still stretching my eyes really wide to focus. You know what I'm talking about. I'm not the only one who does this. It dawned on me that, you know what, there, there may be something going on with your eyes, girl. You you might want to make an appointment and get that checked. So much like the dermatologist visit, I went to see, you know, see, see an ophthalmologist and, and, and or I guess an optometrist, I should say, to, to have them check my eyes. And Sure enough, I went in, you know, I took the exam and lo and behold, this lady tells me that "Mm, you could, you could stand a pair of glasses. And I'm thinking, no, I I don't think that's true, but mm, yeah, it was true. That 2020 vision that I had, you know, just a, a year and a half prior now had become vision where you in fact need some readers. And so Man, that was a hard pill to swallow too. And and I, you know, went on forward and let the lady tell me what I needed. And she explained to me how, you know, the vision and how it works and how the glasses works. And, you know, she wrote me out a prescription for what I need and told me to go on out there on the main floor and, and find a pair of glasses so that they could go ahead and get started to put the prescription in. So I am off on my own, still grappling with the fact that I need glasses, and she sends me out here to look at glasses on the wall, and to know me is to know that, mm, yeah, none of these glasses are quite working for me. They they don't re- reflect my style. They, they don't go with stuff that I like to wear. They don't express my uniqueness. So I told her, you know what? Thank you. Thank you so much for this prescription. And off I went on my merry way to find my first pair of glasses. Yes, glasses. And so I'm still grabbing with it and still trying to figure out, all right, well, let me at least, if I have to wear them, let me at least find some glasses that I like. And so, of course, the frame, the search for a pair of frames that were unique enough as, you know, what I wanted to express for myself and, and what I like to think about as my image, um, that, that search went on for quite some time. And finally, finally finding a pair that weren't in, you know, locatable in a store, I had to order them, y'all. I had to order them from across the pond, I dare to say. And um, it took them several weeks for them to get here. And yes, you know what? I I was happy once they arrived, but yeah, I I found a pair of frames and they finally got in and I got them stateside and I went to, you know, back to the, the, the doctor's office and allowed them to put the lenses in and man, it made a world of difference. And it was almost embarrassing that it made such a huge difference in how I was seeing and how I was reading. And I I'd certainly found myself wearing them, you know, more often than I probably thought I ever would. And, you know, getting really comfortable with the fact that I have this addition on my face and and understanding, you know, when people look at you different and they say, oh, there's something new. Yeah, it's nothing new. It's the fact that I'm having to now wear glasses to help see. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm used to it at this point. And I had worn these particular glasses for about a year and a half. And it started up again. It, it My eyes started feeling fuzzy again and started shifting seemingly again. And I'm stretching my eyes and taking the glasses on and putting them back off, taking them off. And just still, you know, I realize mm, it's been about a year and a half going on two years now. It's probably time to go ahead and make another eye appointment. So I did. And guess what? I find that yet again, my vision has shifted. It has shifted from, you know, just the reader perspective to now needing something of a more progressive nature. And you know exactly what I mean by that. 
So she again gives me a gives me a prescription for um, some progressive lenses that I needed, and me knowing that I wasn't going to find a pair of glasses or frames in the store that I liked, the search began again for yet another pair of frames, and so the cycle continues. And so right now I am wearing uh, my second pair of glasses, um, and I never thought that I would be a glasses wearer, but here I am, and I've been you know wearing this current pair of frames for about a year and a half now. So yep, mm -hmm. it's probably approaching that time for me to to get my eyes checked out again. And um, but but for the, the strange thing, or I guess the unusual thing, is I'm gonna probably have to wait because y'all know we're still in this quarantine situation, and the way it's set up, and the way that I'm trying my best to avoid people right now. Um, I'm thinking pretty much an eye exam is not going to happen for a little while now. So I'm going to put it off. But truth be told, I've already started the search for the next pair of frames. And you know what? I, I've actually located a pair that I like. And, you know, if, I, if I'm going to have to make lemonade out of the lemons that life is tossing my way, then you know what? It certainly is going to be the tastiest lemonade that I've ever had. And I'm going to actually include a little twist. So we'll see what this next pair of frames looks like. And we'll see if it's something that I uh, continue to love and embrace. But again, here I am needing glasses. And so it's new territory for me. Um, but not only my eyes, mm -mm, my hair has also been staging its own revolt and rebellion too. Um, I know that I have often heard, and you guys probably have as well, but a woman's hair is said to be her crown and glory. And, you know, yeah, that's true. As you're younger, you have all of this great hair and it's thick and it's pretty and it's shiny and it's longer in some instances, and then you get it cut but you know what they fail to talk about is the fact that, you know, as you old, as you get older and as you age, your texture, the hair, your hair texture shifts as well. And so, you know, all of this fullness and volume that I used to have is now a little thinner. And, you know, all of those natural highlights you once had, mm, they're changing too. Um, you know, I used to have some, you know, highlights that I would get when I would go to the hair salon. Thanks and compliments to a bottle of uh, peroxide and some aluminum foil pieces. Y'all know what I'm talking about. But now my highlights are more of the gray nature and um, that those gray highlights, as I like to refer to them as, they're stubborn. And you, I haven't gotten to the point yet where I'm coloring them, but good grief, it's stubborn and it's unruly and they stick out and they seem to come with the plenty. They don't just come one at a time. It's like, okay, now I'm starting to see a few more of them throughout my hair. So yeah, hair and graying and thinning and, um, you know, just issues of that sort are certainly things that happen to your hair. So y'all, I've told you about skin. I've told you about my eyes. I've told you about my hair. There is one other area, you know, that I, I'm pretty sure that you guys are dealing with too. And that's, good old metabolism and, and it's slowing. And, um, yeah, the, the lack of the movement in your metabolism is more along the lines of what I'm talking about. My metabolism and, and the battle that we face. Yeah. That's, that's something that's real. And, and Miss Metabolism, she, she also is a stubborn little number that you definitely want to try and get a hold of and, and rein in sooner than later, because, as you, you know, get older and as you move further into these 40s, you'll you'll start to notice little fluctuations um, with your weight. And, and you'll know, maybe like me, I, I have been dealing with these five and 10 pounds that go and come and come and stay and stay a little longer than I like to. 
Um, and I've seemingly been bottling this since I've, you know, had my my little one. And granted, I mean, you know, you're expected to to gain some weight and to lose it, you know, after you've had the baby. But I can't continue to say that this is baby weight issue because, again, my my shorty's four and a half. And yes, I'm still fighting with these pounds that I want to get rid of. But you know what? I'm I'm doing my best. I'm trying to be really cautious about what I'm eating. I'm trying to make sure that I'm drinking enough water. I'm trying to make sure that I'm being good to me and trying to get rid of these pounds once and for all. Because you know what? I don't know about y'all, but back in my 20s and my 30s, there was this cute little three-day diet that you know people used to do. And it used to work for me. I know it used to work for my cousin too, but we would do this little diet. And by the end of the three days, and certainly by the end of that week, you know what? We will have noticed that we dropped those six, seven pounds that we needed to get rid of, and we could get into those clothes that you needed to get rid of for an event. Yeah, that little diet doesn't work anymore. That little three-day exchange that you would go through and you know eat the grapefruit and the boiled eggs, y'all know what I'm talking about. That doesn't work anymore um, in these 40s. And so, yeah, now I'm having to find ways to you know, trick the metabolism, try to eat a little bit sooner, trying to keep it fired up, trying to drink certain things. And <sighs> these 40s certainly and truly have just brought about some change in my metabolism. And I see that it slowed down. And, you know, that's all the more reason for me to try and find ways in addition to, you know, keeping up with my shorty, but trying to find ways to keep it, um, you know, at a higher level so that I don't have to keep pushing um, these pounds off. And it is not easy. And, Sometimes I find myself choosing between that margarita and all of that lusciousness and all of that sweet and sour mix that goes into it. And I'm asking myself right before I drink it nowadays, is this worth it? Is this what's going to make Miss Metabolism unhappy? And I'm going to have to figure out how and what to do to kind of counter the reaction of me having this margarita and Perhaps maybe I need to start thinking about a little less sweet and sour mix in the margarita. Yeah, these are real conversations that you have now in my 40s um, that I didn't once used to have. And so it's real. I, I, yeah, I'm often having to decide whether or not I indulge um, in my favorite uh, beverage of choice, adult beverage of choice, or do I just say, you know what, it's not worth it. And especially not right now. And let me keep on track with, you know, just my physical activity that I've been doing. And so it, these are just real choices. And I'm sure many of you guys have similar conversations with yourselves on a regular basis. So I, again, talked to my doctor about just this change in metabolism that I've noticed. And of course, she says, you know what? Everybody, no matter what age you are, needs to at least make sure that they're getting 30 minutes of some type of activity in every single day. And so I know you've heard it. I'm not going to beat a dead horse. I'm just sharing with you just some of the things that I'm incurring and, and experiencing in these physical changes that are happening in my 40s. But yes, I'm going to say it one more time. Y'all think about getting some exercise, some type of movement in 30 minutes a day and make sure that you are eating right. All right. So we have talked for the most part about my physical body changes that I'm experiencing in these 40s. But there's some other stuff that's happening, too, like the fact that I have to turn the radio down when I'm putting my car into reverse or if I'm pulling into any parking space, I'm turning the radio down to make sure that I'm not hitting or scraping anything or to make sure that, you know, I, I make uh, all things in my rearview mirror and anybody walking behind me is clear. I have to turn the radio 
video down to do that kind of stuff, y'all. And I know y'all remember Cedric the Entertainer talking about this in Kings of Comedy. That is something that is real. And I used to think it was the funniest thing ever, but it is real. And it's something that I do quite often these days. Um, there's something else that's going on. My, my filter, my, my BS filter is broken and, and I no longer seemingly have the ability to let things slide or, um, sometimes I've often in the past had to figure out the most delicate way to put things, but in these forties, things just seem to come out of your mouth before you even know it. Um, my facial expressions, I, I, I no longer seem to have the ability to control those. And sometimes my facial expressions speak louder than what I'm actually saying out of my mouth. So yes, these are other things that happen in your 40s. I, you know, I, my dad jokes all the time about he stopped lying when he turned 60. Now, my dad is a little older than 60 and he'll probably get me for saying that, but he's right. Like you really don't have time to sugarcoat things anymore and you really need to give folks you know, what you're thinking and give it to them as truthful as possible so that they can help themselves autocorrect. And so, yeah, I know we, I still have to be mindful of what I'm saying and I, and I still really want to hold on to some sense of diplomacy. But yeah, that filter of being able to do that all the time, it, it, it's, it's, I don't know, I think it might be broken. And I, 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 yeah, I miss it because I once upon a time was able to hold things in and you know, put things a little more delicately now. Yeah, it is what it is. And and I'm trying my best to make sure that I'm not hurting anyone's feelings, but it certainly is a lot different than it used to be. The other thing that I will say that is happening is that nowadays it's taken me a minute sometimes to process things. And yeah, sometimes you might be forgetful about what's happening. And other times you might say, oh yeah, that's what I went into the kitchen for. Oh, this is what I needed to pick up at the store. But those are real things that are happening too. Like I need a minute to process what the implications of me making one decision versus another decision and how it'll, you know, impact something else or how it'll play out for me and my shorty or what does that mean if I choose one way versus another? So yes, taking a minute to process things, remembering what you went into a room or what you went to the store for are all things that are happening, all changes that are happening as I'm in my 40s. So I've shared with you guys a whole lot about the the challenges that have occurred as I've been going through the journey of my 40s. And I'm sure you may be wondering, man, is there anything that has been a positive to this girl or for this girl as she's in these 40s? And yes, I I do want to make sure that I'm pointing out some of the positives too. Um, I, I would say that as I have entered these 40s, I have, you know, received or have inherited an extra dose of patience. And I kid a lot and I say, you know what, the Lord must have given me these extra doses of patience while I was in the delivery room with my shorty. But honestly, y'all, in my mid to latter 20s, I, I was quite impatient and grew tired quickly of just foolishness or things that didn't always go my way when I wanted them to go my way. Um, and I know some of us probably challenged are challenged with that now. And and hopefully, if you're like me, you'll figure out a way to work through them, or maybe the Lord will grace you with some extra extra patience as well. But 
But as for me, I know that I I actually was the cause or, or the root of some of that impatience. And it was always mostly directed at myself. And so I would always be challenging myself to achieve something or setting really high expectations for me to accomplish something in a given time frame. And then once I accomplished it, you know, I would quickly pivot and, and try to accomplish the very next thing on my list. And so in doing that, I learned about myself that I wasn't taking time to savor the moment and to celebrate my wins and successes. And I wasn't taking time to smell the roses. But now that I have this awesome little boy, my shorty in my life, I feel like, you know, on a regular basis, whether he is exploring something new or if he's playing or if he's doing something and he's constantly saying, mommy, watch this, watch this. I think in my 20s, I probably would have been, okay, that's really not much different than what it was the last time when you wanted me to watch something. But now in my 40s, and I don't know, maybe this is a mama thing. Now in my 40s, I am more inclined to watch each attempt at whatever it is that he's doing. And I'm approaching it with a whole lot more patience. And so I'm proud of myself in that area. And I'm actually quite thankful that, you know, God has seen fit for me to have more patience when it comes to him and when it comes to, you know, my loved ones and family and friends. And so I just want to make sure that I'm continuing to practice that patience and, and you know, being fully involved and fully vested and fully in the moment and present um, as things are happening in life. And so I'll give you a good example of just me exercising some patience. And so last Halloween or as we approached last Hall- Halloween, my son was very determined to be Woody from the Toy Story 4 episode or the Toy Story 4 movies. Um, And so we saw that movie probably in June of last year. And so from June all the way up through maybe the second week of October, my shorty was adamant about being Woody for Halloween. And so we, you know, had several conversations about him being Woody, what his costume would look like. We picked out his costume, purchased his costume. He tried it on. He was 100% bought into the idea of being Woody. So somewhere in that third week of October, you know, we're getting really close to Halloween at this point. We, over the weekend, had watched um, The Incredibles 2. And so, you know what? That was an awesome movie. Great family movie for us to watch together. And so after watching the movie, he decides that, hmm, maybe I'm going to be Dash from The Incredibles 2 as opposed to Woody. And so we had many conversations, you know, within a very short span. Are you sure this is what you want to be? Yes, mommy, this is what I want to be. And so, you know what, in my 20s, I probably would have been quite aggravated and a bit impatient with the fact that he had changed the game on me. And now I'm going to have to go out of my way and find something different for him to be for Halloween. But you know what? That didn't occur. all, All I did was, all right, let me find the receipt for the Woody costume. Let me take it back to the store. Let me get online and find an Incredibles 2 costume that can get here in time. I ordered the new costume. He tries it on. And lo and behold, it's too big. So the clock is certainly ticking and we're getting closer and closer to Halloween. I ordered the second Incredibles 2 Dash costume. He tries this one on and it works. 
And all I could think of was, Lord, I'm so happy that this one worked. And I'm so happy that, you know what, he's excited. He's pleased with what he's going to be. And now he's, you know, really and truly looking forward to, you know, celebrating Halloween with his little friends at school. And for me, I don't know about you guys, but my son's smile and his happiness is kind of like my kryptonite. And so if I can make him happy, you know, and, and it's reasonable, you know, limits that, that it takes to make him happy, then I'm certainly trying to do everything single thing that I possibly can to make that happen. And so, yeah, I had the patience to do it. I, I didn't gripe about it. It was unbelievable for me that he changed his mind in that last minute, but I was certainly excited for him. I was certainly happy that I could make it happen. And somewhere along the way, I even decided that I too am going to be dressing up for Halloween and I became Mrs. Incredible um, for Halloween. And I put on my Elastigirl costume and I put on a wig and I put on a t-shirt and he was over the moon happy. So yeah, that is something that has happened in these uh, mid forties of mine and these forties of mine. I've, I've gained a whole lot of patience and I hope that you guys are too. To be honest, guys, I never really focused on the downside of being an older mom. Like I know I've told you guys, you know, all about the, the challenges that I've experienced and, you know, whether they're physical challenges or whether they are just things that are happening hormonally. Yeah, those are challenges and changes that are going to occur. But I think, you know, it's just part of what happens in your 40s. And I certainly am trying to find ways and encourage you guys to find ways to embrace these changes and you know, some of these changes are things that are happening because I'm a mama, but others of them are just changes that are going to happen naturally anyway, because we have entered the threshold of our 40s. And you know what? If I had to do it all over again, I certainly would enter motherhood at the age of 42. I'd do that all over again, because for me, I feel like it is worth it. I feel like, you know, I was supposed to be a mama in this season of my life. Um, I think I've been able to apply life's lessons that I've had along the way and how I'm upbringing and raising my shorty right now and just being able to apply some of the wisdom that I've already incurred and, and gained along the way. Um, I, I think about where I was in my 20s and I think about, you know, yeah, at that time frame, I would say, you know what, it would be great to have this family and be a mama. Um, and, you know, yeah, that would be something I, I would love to, to experience and explore. Um, but I think now, you know, after having my shorty in my 40s, yeah, I would say more than anything, I needed this journey of motherhood and I never knew that I needed it. I, I actually needed it to help me grow and to reach those next levels, those next stages of my life and to push myself in areas that, you know, I wasn't quite sure um, that were attainable for me. And so, yeah, if I if I had to do it again, I certainly would. And I would do it all over again in the same timing. And I'm feeling like it is God's timing for me to, you know, be walking this journey and to be experiencing all of these things whether they're changes for the good or whether they're changes that are, you know, I'm not quite used to or, or things that are a bit different. I just feel like this is all a part of his plan for me, all a part of his plan for my shorty. And I'm thankful for it. And, you know, just as I reflect about what I, where I was and what my thinking was like as I was pregnant, I thought a whole lot about, yeah, things, my life will change, but I never thought about the fact that it would change because I was older. I just thought it would change from, you know, my ability to, um, 
do things as quickly as I once did or be able to go and experience places and things that I once, you know, would be accustomed to doing. And so, yeah, I thought about, you know what? Yeah, I'll have my shorty and we will still be able to go to TJ Maxx and the Nordstrom Rack just like I normally would. Um, yeah, I'm a bargain hunter, um, bargain shopper hunter, if you will. And part of the experience for me is the thrill of the hunt and, and what I might possibly find. So yeah, in my mind, I had already worked out, you know, how I would be able to pack him up and we would go and still be able to do and experience those things. And again, not thinking about, oh man, this is going to be a challenge because you're an older mom, but no, it was more so how am I going to weave in um, the fact that I am a mama in her forties into my you know life that I had created and built. And I think I spent more time throughout the pregnancy thinking about things like, you know, what will he sound like? And what kind of conversations are we going to have? What does he smell like? You know, what does his little fingers and toes look like? And just me thinking about, oh, I want to nibble on his nose or munch on his cheeks. And so those were the things that, you know, I allowed myself to dwell on throughout the pregnancy, not not the negative stuff, because there's certainly a lot of opportunity for that stuff to creep in. But I was determined and I don't know, maybe consciously or self-consciously was determined to keep my mind on the positive things that were happening around me. And I just have carried that thought, that level of, you know, confidence about being a mama in her 40s. I've just carried it. And I'm hopeful that I'm able to continue carrying it because as he gets older, yes, we're going to continue to experience all sorts of things that I'm going to need stamina for, that I'm going to need to be healthy for. And so, yeah. I I would encourage you all to focus there. Focus on the positive aspects of being a mom who's a bit older than most, um, as opposed to filling your head and reading all the stories and and hearing the articles and hearing people talk about just, you know, how tough it's going to be. Focus on the positive parts of it and, and not so much on the negative. And to be quite honest, I don't think that, you know, for me, I didn't start thinking about the age differences and me being a mom of a of an infant and a and a toddler versus someone who was in their twenties, um, being that mom of a toddler or a newborn. I didn't I didn't think about those things until he you know started preschool or until he started playing soccer for the first time, and I think at that point, yeah, I allowed myself to notice the age gap, and I remember feeling like one of these kids is doing his own thing, but. You know what? Even in all of that, I was still preoccupied with being the best mama that I can be um, and then just making sure that his experience throughout those important stages in his life are the best and most fulfilled as they possibly could be. But one of these kids is doing his own thing. Now it's time to play our game. It's time to play our game. One thing I will say that, you know, even now in these days that we're experiencing and all that's happening in the world around us, I'm still choosing not to focus on the downside of being an older mom. Um, Whenever those negative thoughts creep in, I have been making a practice to try and swap out those negative thoughts with prayer instead. And so I now find myself praying about my shorty's future. I pray for his friends. I pray for his future girlfriends. I pray for his future wife and, you know, eventually what his kids or my grandkids, what they will be like. And I pray for their, you know, them to be strong and them to be God focused and God loving and God centered. I find myself praying for his teachers and I am you know, praying for his coaches and any of the administrative staff that he'll come in contact with. I'm praying for their families. I'm praying for his schools. I'm praying for, you know, the students that are in those schools. I'm praying over his little hands. 
and that they'll always be productive, y'all, and they'll always find ways to 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 make things better and to be constructive. I am I am constantly praying that God protects his mind and that it flourishes with fresh ideas and just giving him the ability to carry out and execute those ideas successfully. I I have swapped out negative thoughts for the prayers of God, keeping him from dangers, both seen and unseen. And that is something that I'm encouraging all of you to to incorporate into your walks and into your prayer life. Start covering your child. Start covering your shorties in this way. I, I pray that he always has the ability to choose because for me, that is just a major, major turning point and game changer is allowing people to have the ability to choose the path and to choose the things that they want to pursue in life. I, I pray that we're all laying the foundation for him so that he's never forced to do things that he doesn't want to do in his adulthood. I'm praying for his talents, y'all. I'm I'm praying that, you know, he's able to use them to help build God's kingdom. I'm praying that he never, ever knows the feeling or the sense of lack. I'm praying that instead he has a a greater sense of overabundance and his experience in life has been one that it is fulfilling and overflowing with abundance so that he's able to give and so that he's able to share with others. I'm, I'm praying for his walk with the Lord. I'm praying that he comes to know Christ at an early age. I'm praying that he always remembers the importance of maintaining that relationship with Christ. I'm praying that he recognizes the importance of family I, I also pray that, you know, the Lord grants us all the grace and wisdom to be f- here for him. Um, I, I pray that, you know, God continues to answer our prayers, my prayers in this area. My my prayers for him run deep and wide, y'all. And there is just seemingly no ending to the things that I think about as I pray for him, as I pray over him, as I cover him. And so, yeah, if you are looking for things that you should be focusing on as opposed to the negative things as it relates to being an older mom, pray those things over your child now. Pray them in advance. Pray them so that, you know, in a sense, they are stockpiled for when he is or she is old enough and going through things. And, you know, those prayers will come to be and they'll manifest in in their lives. And so, yeah, that's that's what I that that's what I'm focused on. That's what I'm praying about. That's what I am hopeful for. And I don't have time to be preoccupied with the negative because there is so much for me to be hopeful in covering him in and in prayer. And so yeah, that's that's how I spend my thoughts. That's what I'm focusing on. I I know that it's a quite popular saying right now, but I really and truly want my shorty to be my ancestor's wildest, boldest, happiest, truest dreams. And so, yeah, that's how I'm spending my time. That's what I'm focusing on. And that's what I am projecting and wanting to see manifested in his life. So no, I can't afford to be focused on the creeks and the pains and, you know, just the fact that I am older and some of the stigma that comes along with being an older mom. And nor do I want to focus there. And my advice to you guys, to you ladies that are in your 40s, don't get stuck there either. Please make sure that you're covering your kids. Please make sure that that is your focus and not focused on the wrong thing. Because right now is the time that we have to be praying and covering our little ones. All right, y'all. That is what I wanted to share with you guys in this episode. I hope that you are walking away from this one feeling reassured that you are not alone. 
in this journey of all of these changes, all of these challenges, excuse me, all of these opportunities that are happening around you, that are happening to you um, and your and your physical selves. And, and as you go through these 40s, just know that, you know what, continue to give yourself some grace and find the bright spots, find the opportunities to cover your little ones instead of, you know, those moments of doubt, those moments of fear and that moment or those moments of feeding yourself the negative as it relates to you being an older mama. As always, y'all, be sure to check out Over 40 with the Shorty on Facebook. You can also find me on Instagram at that same handle. And if you have specific questions, please, please, please shoot them my way to tlbrown at over40withashorty.com. Thank you guys so much for joining me for this episode of the podcast. And until the next episode, take care of yourselves and your shorties.